Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. If I was to ask you to identify the crowning achievement of your life thus far, what would you choose? I guess it'd partly depend on how old you are. For some of you, maybe uh, it's finishing that degree, finally, or buying your first dream house, or, or starting your first business, travelling the world, maybe. For others, it may be when you got married, or ordained as a priest, uh, had children, or, or grandchildren. But for Jesus, it's very clear in John's Gospel that his crowning achievement was always going to be Good Friday. It was always going to be the cross. He knew in advance that the moment that he was lifted up, that moment would be the greatest expression of who he is and what his life is all about. That's when he would most perfectly glorify the Father, as he put it in his own words. Is that what you see when you look at the cross? Do you see the high point of Jesus' life? What is it that you do see when you look to the cross? Father Cam mentioned last night, if you're with us, that we're carrying a, a focus throughout these days and it's, it's simply to look to Jesus. That's our focus. That's our theme, to look to Jesus. This is really the most basic definition of being a Christian. A Christian is someone who constantly is looking to Jesus. And in these days, we're going to continue to do that. But in a particular way, we're going to be exploring what Jesus meant when he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And last night, Father Cam started that journey and he, and he, he showed us how Jesus is our way to communion to, to the, the, the depth of relationship with God and with others and with ourselves. And it's that communion that we're created for. That's what our hearts are longing for. Today, I want to explore how on the cross, Jesus reveals the truth that we all need to know if we want to pursue this way to communion. Now, for those who are regulars here, you would know Father Dan's homilies are a little longer than normal, and that's especially going to be the case today. I say that unapologetically, uh, because today we are, we are presented with the mystery that is at the heart of our faith. And, and if ever it deserves a little extra attention, it's today, right? So I want to encourage you, let's, let's be generous in, in our listening and in our reflecting, in our receiving uh, the message that comes to us today as we reflect on this all-important event, the crowning achievement of Jesus' life. Today I want to focus on two particular truths that Jesus reveals to us through the cross, through this crowning achievement where he's lifted up for our sake. And the first truth that the cross reveals is the ugliness of sin. We heard this beautiful uh, reading today from the prophet Isaiah. And, and in the reading, we, 
We're given this image. Uh, we hear about this servant of God, and the servant is suffering. And the reason that he's suffering is because he's carrying the weight of other people's sins. We heard Isaiah say, He was pierced through for our faults, he was crushed for our sins. We don't need to know much about Christianity to realise that this, this prophecy of the suffering servant, which was 500 years or so before Jesus saw him, no looks to attract our eyes, a thing despised and rejected by men, a man to make people screen their faces. He was that disturbing. You know, when Jesus taught, he made it very clear that when we put other things before God, which is basically what it means to sin, what sin is all about, it hurts us. And it hurts us more than we realise. But in the cross, Jesus makes most clear the truth of how disturbing our sin really is. In the cross, Jesus shows us how much our sin robs us of our beauty and the beauty of life. In the cross, Jesus is saying, if sin did this to me, imagine what it will do to you. Now, some of you, hopefully, are thinking to yourself, well, Father Dan, I thought we were created in the image and likeness of God. I thought we were created good. I thought we, we, we are sons and daughters of God and, and that God treasures us, and, and that is absolutely true. But the cross reminds us that what is also true for all of us is that we have this tendency in us to, to think and to behave in ways that, that cuts off that communion with God and with others and with ourselves. What I want you to also notice is that Jesus helps us to see this, not by pointing to us, not by, you know, kind of um, highlighting our sin, our weakness, our failure. How does he do it? How does he, how does he help us to see the ugliness of our sin? By pointing to himself, doesn't he? By taking on the weight of our burdens the consequences of our sin. And he does this so that we can see the ugly truth that we're often unwilling to see and unwilling to accept. The prophet said, yet ours were the sufferings he bore, ours the sorrows he carried. If you've seen Mel Gibson's movie on the passion of the Christ you would know that he placed a great emphasis on the, the physical suffering that Jesus endured when he was beaten and, and look, there, there may be uh, there's certainly some truth uh, to, to that but there's a much more significant suffering that Jesus experienced on the cross you notice from the cross he cries out my God, my God why have you forsaken me you see that he didn't say my, my hands my hands that would have been bleeding he didn't say my head my head you know from this crown of thorns he said my god my god 
Those of us that have lost someone who we deeply love, we know that the greatest pain we can experience as humans is the loss of love, is it not? I think that's probably the closest experience of hell on earth when we lose someone that we, tre- we, 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 we cherish. This was the real agony that Jesus was experiencing on the cross. It was the loss of communion, the loss of relationship with his father, which was just the natural consequence of taking on our sin, our failure. Jesus shows us that this is the worst kind of death. It's a million times worse than losing someone we love. Because when we lose a relationship and communion with the Father, we lose the source of all love and all life. Jesus said it himself, didn't he? I am the vine, you are the branches. If you're not in me and I'm not in you, you've got nothing. That's why at Good Friday we strip everything. We, we, we take away the cloths, the flowers, we, we, we play very simple music, we, take, uh, we empty the tabernacle because we want to reflect something of how bland life is, how ugly life can be when we, 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 we don't have that communion with God. We only need to take an honest look at our lives, don't we? To, to see that link between sin and death. We can see that when we don't trust God in our lives, when we don't put God first, our life can so easily spiral uh, into an unhealthy place. Can it not? I know for me, when I don't trust God, I try it way too hard. I put far too much pressure, too much expectation on myself. For others, it can be opposite. When they don't trust God, they kind of move into this place of despair. They get all cynical about life and and, and complain, give up on really living. When we don't trust, we're much more prone to fear and anxiety and worry. We're more likely to become self-centred, which can then, of course, lead to all kinds of compulsive behaviours and addictions. All of this, all of this behaviour is what we might call sin, uh, makes it harder and harder for us to be in communion with others, with God, with ourselves, and so that the cycle just kind of continues. That's what Jesus meant when he says. Uh, those who sin are slaves to sin. It's sort of we just get caught up in it and, and, and we've got, we've, there's nothing we can do. St. Paul said it like this when he was reflecting on sin. Oh, what a miserable person I am. <laughs> who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because that brings us to the second truth that the cross reveals to us today, and, and that is that God is absolutely for you. That's what I want you to see when you look to the cross, that God is absolutely for you. This is what these days are really all about, but we first need to be honest about our, our 
the ugliness of our sin, our tendency to turn away from God. Because unless we can see that and be honest and real about it and recognise how much it, it destroys us, this message of Good Friday won't really have the impact it's supposed to have. You know, in the time of Jesus, in the, 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 that sacrificial religious system that, that, that Jesus was born into, submitting to the death to his death on the cross, was simply the most complete, the most perfect way that he could prove to people and prove to us of how much God really is on our side. That's what the cross is about. It's just the, the fullest thing that Jesus could do to, to prove to us God's commitment to us. He, there's nothing else that God in his brilliance could think to do but to be the perfect sacrifice that's how he assures us that we are never alone in our failure. That's how he assures us that we're accepted even at our worst. St. Paul says that God, God, Almighty God, was in Christ, reconciling us to himself. God was in Christ doing whatever was necessary to repair that relationship, to repair that communion that was lost. Reminds me of a story I heard a little while back of a woman who was in a car accident and there was a bit of a fire in the accident and it ended up burning one side of her face quite badly and uh, it was, she was a woman who took a lot of pride in her appearances, I guess most women do, and um, uh, uh, so as soon as she could, uh, she went and saw the best plastic surgeon and um, unfortunately he you know, he sort of said, look, we can do a little bit but you're going to have permanent damage and and it really disturbed her. It really disturbed her. Uh, so much so that she withdrew. She, uh, she isolated herself from her family, from her husband. Her husband kept reaching out, uh, but she, she just she wouldn't have a part of it. Eventually, her husband decided to go and see that plastic surgeon. And he asked the surgeon if he could make his face to look like his wife's face. Now, the surgeon, of course, was a law-abiding uh, citizen and um, <laughs> he denied that request, but he did go and see the woman and he told her what her husband was willing to do. And when she heard that, when she realised how unconditionally committed her husband was towards her, it broke that hardness of her heart. It opened her up to communion, to love once again. When we realise that God is for us, oh, well, it's not quite there, but <laughs> in this kind of way, when we realise that, that God is willing to take on our ugliness, our burdens, so that he can touch us and heal us by his own wounds, when we realise it, life is never the same. This compassion of God, it... it radically, radically, deeply and forever changes the way that we relate to ourselves, the way that we relate to others and the way that we relate to God. The image that came to me as I was reflecting is that this compassion, it helps us to breathe again. Like really breathe. When we know that God is for us in this kind of way, we're, we're able to let go 
We're able to stop fighting life so much. We're able to be uh, more gentle, more patient towards ourselves in our weakness because we know that God's compassion is relentless. The prophet says, On him lies the punishment that brings us peace. That brings us peace. You see, we can know the deep peace, the shalom of God, because Jesus' perfect trust makes up for all of our failures in trust. We may fail often in trusting God, but the perfect trust of Jesus redeems that. Even when he was being abused, even when his closest disciples betrayed him and denied him, even when he was humiliated and hanging on a cross, he kept trusting. He kept trusting. And he trusted not for himself, but he trusted for you and he trusted for me. And that's why the, 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 the writer of the letter of the Hebrews, our second reader, he says, let us be confident then. Let us approach this throne of grace, which of course is the cross, Let us approach it with confidence. Let us know that whatever we bring with us to the cross, whatever we bring. Are you hearing this? Whatever we bring, that shame and that guilt and that stuff you can't let go of, whatever we bring, we will find mercy for. We will find grace to live well and to really live again when we approach the throne of grace with confidence. What we need to do is to accept the truth of the cross. That's my invitation today. We need to accept it, not just appreciate it. We need to accept it. In these days, as we've been reflecting on the passion, uh, maybe some of you have been moved a little, a little bit by tears as, you've, as we've re-entered the passion. If that's the case, that's a gift that's a good thing. But we need to also remember that, that you know, when the, the women came to Jesus when he was moving towards crucifixion and they were weeping. And what did he say? Don't weep for me. You know, what Jesus wants for us more than anything is that we weep, not because of the suffering that he endured, but that we weep because we realize what his suffering means for us. We weep because we realise why today is called Good Friday. That's why we put crosses everywhere as Catholics, as Christians. Crosses don't have any kind of magic power, right? But they are a reminder for us of the truth that, firstly, we need God more than we ever realise. And secondly... The truth that God is relentlessly for us. Relentlessly, more than anyone else that we know. It's in this awareness that we access true spiritual power. The power of the cross. The power that brings us to life as we realise how much God really is for us. And of course that's a mystery we need to keep uh, kind of depthing in every year, every day. Now, there may be some of us here today or at home who maybe are thinking a little bit like Pilate. And you think, truth? (laughs) 
What, what is truth? You're really suspicious. You're really not into this Christian thing. I want you to know that if that's you today, firstly, you're very welcome here. We, we have a place here for everyone, wherever they're at on the spiritual journey. But secondly, my encouragement to you is simply to try it on. Try on this truth. Pursue this truth and see what happens. Jesus said that you will know when it's the truth. Why? Because the truth will set you free. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.